All right, you guys, I am currently struggling with a pinched nerve in my neck. And if you have ever had one, you know the pain. So I am feeling super thankful for today's sponsor, Tanasi. Tanasi's CBD, CBDA is two times better than CBD alone and better than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. It helps soothe and relieve my aches and pains like my pinched nerve, and it's great for sleep and anxiety, so I put it on right before bed. Tanasi was discovered by a team of chemists and biologists at Middle Tennessee State University, and 5% of all revenue is given back to the university partner for ongoing research. It is THC-free and comes in a range of products. I love the topicals, but you can also choose from soft gels, gummies, and tinctures. Satisfaction is guaranteed. Try Tanasi for 30 days, and if you don't love it, you get a full refund. Go to Tanasi.com and use code MOM to get 25% off at checkout. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with promo code MOM. Since learning the truth about alcohol over four years ago, I've become pretty skeptical about anything that seems too good to be true. You know, like alcohol. If you're like me and you can spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away, congrats, you're a skeptic too. Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds our standards. I take Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus every morning because it has high-quality and traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. It's gentle on an empty stomach and has a minty essence in every bottle that helps make taking my multis actually enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com forward slash sober mom. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash sober mom for 25% off. Hi, welcome to the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne of My Kind of Sweet and the Sober Mom Life on Instagram. If you are a mama who has questioned your relationship with alcohol at times, if you're wondering if maybe it's making motherhood harder, this is for you. I will be having candid, honest, funny conversations with other moms who have also thought, hmm, maybe motherhood is better without alcohol. Is it possible? We'll chat and we'll talk about all things sobriety and how we've found freedom in sobriety I don't consider myself an alcoholic. You don't have to either. And maybe life is brighter without alcohol. I hope you will join us on this journey and I'm so excited to get started. Hello and welcome to this special bonus episode of the Sober Mom Life Podcast. These are the real sober mom chats. It's kind of like the Real Housewives but without the booze, which means it's less dramatic and it's more fun because let's be honest, those ladies are not having fun. But these ladies are, and I am so excited. I brought these chats back because you guys loved them. You love these relatable stories. They're stories of moms just like you who are either newly sober or just still working things out and sober curious, or sometimes they have some years under their belt and they come and tell us all that they've learned and share their experience. 
You love these chats. I do too. If you want to share your story, I would love to hear from you. You do that over at the Sober Mom Life Cafe. That, in case you missed the announcement, is replacing our Patreon. It's much easier to understand. So it's just the Sober Mom Life Cafe. It will be linked in the show notes. You can get there through mykindofsweet.com. And it's $10 a month. You get bonus podcast episodes. You get weekly Zoom meetings. You get our monthly book club. You get access to our exclusive Discord chat with moms just like you. And you get to sign up to share your story on the podcast. So come on over there. It's linked in the show notes. It's the Sober Mom Life Cafe. And um, it's the only cafe without coffee. So bring your own coffee, but come for the connection and the community. And we would love to have you. Okay, guys, enjoy the episode. Lindsay, welcome to the Sober Mom Life. I'm so glad to have you. Thank you. I'm so excited. Yeah. So let me talk to you a little bit about, before we could talk about sobriety, let's talk about alcohol. Let's talk about your history with it and where you're at with it. My history with alcohol, I mean, it's it's always been in my life. Like my family's, I mean, they're not, they've never been like big drinkers or anything, but I mean, I live in Portland, so we're around all the breweries and all the wineries. Okay, Portland, Oregon, not Maine. Okay, yeah, Oregon. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Okay, so that there's a big so, like, it's a big like brewery community and stuff. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Huge. Okay. Which is so fun. And a lot of them now do have like non-alcoholic options, which is really nice. Yeah, so then you still get the vibe like we still want the cool mm-hmm. brewery vibe, like we're not boring. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's I mean it's nice. It's fun. But I mean, I've been around me my whole life. I think like my mom would like let me try her stuff as a kid, but I never like, I never really drank until I was I don't know, 18 or 19. Okay. Oh, so you went through high school, just like not really, not really into it. Okay. Yeah. And then the group of friends I was hanging out with, with at the time was a bit older than me. And drinking is just kind of what we did. But I mean, I would say I was a normal drinker. What is What does that mean to you? I don't know. <laughs> I know. No one does. No one does. It was just kind of like everybody else, which kind of looking back on it, we were all drinking a lot. <laughs> That's kind of like my story, though, too. And when everyone around you is doing it, especially in like teens, 20s, like the college age, like it doesn't stand out as like a huge quote unquote problem because, yeah, when when that's the yeah. lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. So normal. And then there was some other substances were involved and I ended up, I almost died. And so I ended up in the emergency room and um, it occurred to me very recently because someone that I went to high school with passed away of the same thing. So I've learned a lot more about it since then, but it's like, I probably shouldn't even be here. And that probably should have been my wake up call, but sadly it wasn't. How is that now looking back at that? Is that, is that hard? It kind of is, especially now since I have a kid. And everything, it's like, wow, like, that was a big mistake. Like, you came close. Yeah. And, like, all of my friends were there, like, when it happened, too. So it affected a lot of people. So that's been kind of hard. And, like, one of the people that was actually there and a part of that apparently had some, like, PTSD to to it. He passed away almost five years ago of alcoholism. Oh, man. So that that should have also been a wake-up call, like, seeing him go through that and being, like, 
being there and everything. But again, it wasn't. I think that kind of helped my drinking more, mm-hmm. unfortunately. How do you think that did? Just because it was too too hard to feel? Yeah, yeah. And then I did have someone like in our like communal friend group attack me about it and say that it was my fault because of what had happened previously. So it's like dealing with that kind of grief too has been oh, I mean, hard. Yeah, because that's... And it's such a weird form of grief. Totally. I, it's not your... It wasn't your fault. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's having someone say that and then tell so many other people that, it's like, really? Was it? Was it my fault? That's That's hard. And then, I mean, COVID hit... But thankfully, I was actually pregnant at the very beginning of COVID, so it wasn't like a catalyst into more. Okay, but that's (laughs) still also very hard. I mean, that was traumatic in itself, being pregnant at that time, when you have to think about what we didn't know, right? And we were all so Mm -hmm. scared. Like, I can't imagine I had like a, a, you know, three-month-old baby, but being pregnant was traumatic in itself. I'm not having like standard doctor's appointments and thankfully my doctor's office still did all of my appointments in person and they were very like normal scheduled. So I was very blessed in that, in that way. And my husband was still able to go with me and be at all of them too. So it was, that was really nice. I will say, I really, I am very thankful for that. I know, because you hear about, like, the women who are just, like, giving birth by themselves, like, on their own for all of them. I'm like, I can't even, like, can we talk about that, you know? Like, let's talk about that as a nation. Like, what, I know. Oh, what we've been through. Um, Okay, so you were pregnant at the start of COVID. And before, before that, had your drinking kind of ramped up or had it? Kind of stayed no, the same. I think it kind of tapered off just a little bit, only because we were talking about getting pregnant and like wanting to. And yeah. um, my doctor had suggested it. Like, she wouldn't even take my IUD out before we went to Cabo for a week because she was like, "Well, you're going to be drinking like a oh, lot." Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want you to like risk getting pregnant your first night there, and then you know something accidentally happening. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing for a healthcare practitioner to talk about drinking because generally I would say they don't. <laughs> yeah. 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 She's, so she's a she's, keeper. I love my doctor. <laughs> I love my doctor. So yeah, it kind of tapered off a bit, but then like COVID hit and I had my son and like seeing family wasn't as much of an option. And I mean... The night I got home from the hospital, we opened a bottle of, like, A to Z bubbly. Like, the minute we got home. It was bad. (laughs) But that's also very normalized. Like, I know in the hospital by us, like, they can, you can order champagne in the room after you give birth. Like, that is, I mean, now knowing what I know, that's batshit crazy, but it's normalized. Yeah. Like, okay, yay, now I can drink, right? Yeah, I remember Googling and like looking up with the hospital reviews if I was allowed to bring mini bottles of champagne with me. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I very vividly remember doing that. Like, oh, I, I'm going to bring some with me. I'm going to have it in the hospital. Yeah, I know because we're because we celebrate with it, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah, and then kind of like the end of COVID, like right as things were kind of starting to open back up again. My mom started having some really bad health problems that 
actually ended up being ALS. And she had, they gave her like a six month prognosis and she was, she was diagnosed in February and she passed in May. So I think it was maybe three months altogether. And I was her caregiver during that time. Oh man. And so I, that really, I was drinking a lot. Like that really pushed it for me was was going through that. And drinking was like kind of our thing together. Like we like to try different ciders together and different, you know, fun little cocktails and things like that. So we were doing a lot of that together. Yeah. And then I remember when she did pass, I just, I drowned it out with alcohol. I just, that was, that was my go-to. To the point of having like five or six glasses of wine at night and waking up in the morning and feeling just fine, which now I know I didn't feel fine. I was just so used to it that it felt normal. Right. Looking back at that, as you sit here today, do you give yourself compassion for what you were going through? I try to. I really try. It's really hard sometimes, though, because she did choose death with dignity. And the woman who was supposed to come and help us that night decided it was too late for her. And so I had to be the one to do it. So I've also got like, oh my goodness, that and coupled with the friend that passed away and someone saying that was my fault. It's like, if that can be my fault, then this is my fault, even though I know it's not. So it's like that in May just makes it so hard. And it's right around Mother's Day, too, and everything. So May is just a really hard month. Oh my goodness. I I mean, I can't imagine. I just can't imagine that. And, and it makes so much sense that it would feel like too much to feel. Yeah. So a lot of drinking. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I mean, I'm so sorry that, that you went through that. And she was so young too. That, that makes it even harder. And so then you're drinking... Yeah, it was a way to escape, right? And was a way to, yeah. to numb it out because that's really fucking hard to feel. Yeah, especially having, you know, a toddler who's depending on you. And I like to be there for people. And so it's like I would rather be there for other people and kind of numb what I'm going through. So that's, I mean, that's what I did. Yeah. Oh, man. For a good year and a half, I'd say. Yeah, and so then... You, you, the drinking was, I mean, the drinking was doing its thing, right? Like it was helping you numb and not feel like it was working. Oh yeah. Yeah. I actually finally, I hit one night on actually on Thanksgiving, I had like my worst anxiety attack and I finally reached out to my doctor and actually got on an anxiety medication for the first time in my entire life. And how was that? Did that help? It did help, but it felt so weird because I've never needed anything before. I mean, maybe I had and I just, you know, didn't. But it was just, it was weird having having to have something like that. I mean, you know, I'm on something. I, I think I remember feeling that same way, like before I started taking something for OCD and intrusive thoughts and stuff after having my first, the doctor's like, yeah, I mean, this should be in the water. You know, like that everyone (laughs) and, you know, I always talk about my mom as a therapist and I'm like, mom, have you ever met anyone or seen anybody without anxiety? She's like, nope. And it's like, yes, this is a very, (laughs) you know, like needing help and is is totally I mean, it's more than okay. 
but it's hard. Yeah. If, if you've never taken anything, I totally understand like that. It's scary. I, I'm very glad I did. I'm very thankful she was able to do it so quickly for me too. That was really nice. But yeah, I mean, that helped a lot. And then, I mean, I actually found your Facebook group. Oh, good. Um, just kind of like looking for, I don't, I don't really know what I was looking for. I was just looking for something. So I stumbled upon your group and my best friend who's now in the group has been sober a little over a year now. And so she was kind of at the beginning of her like journey. Yeah. And so I, I guess that's what got me interested. And then um, this last February, this last February, I finally just decided I was done. What w- what happened leading up to it? Anything? Yes and no. I was kind of having like these fits of like anxiety again and I couldn't figure out what it was. And then I felt like every single little health thing was like something major. And it kind of forced me to reach out to my biological father and like ask him about any like health, family health things that I might not have known about. And there were several and they were all centered around drinking and alcoholism. And I was like, okay, well, I'm done. And I walked out to the living room after I talked to my dad and I was like, all right, I'm done. Once I finish this glass of wine, of course, because it's already poured, (laughs) I'm done. (laughs) Wow. And so then you said you're done. And then what did you do? And like, what was the next step? Because this is always what I get asked. It was like, okay, you think you're done. And it, it is like when you said leading up to your story, you're like, that should have been it, but it wasn't. And that mm-hmm. should have been it, but it wasn't. And all of these shoulds that we put on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And something really does happen when you're like, oh, wait, I am done. Right? Like it mm-hmm. is for me, yeah. it was like a click of like, and all of those building blocks leading up to it. And it's like, oh, it was leading me to this. And now I am done. But then what did you do? I mean, thankfully, I had already heard about your podcast. So I just kind of dove into like, listening to your podcast and catching up on the months of episodes that there were. And just hearing everyone's stories was so encouraging. And just, I could relate with so much of it. And it really just it made it easier. And then I dove into a bunch of Quitlet books and things as well, that were like recommended in the group and ones that some that aren't actually quit lit, but they kind of like fell into that same like rewiring your brain of it and just your thought process. And so I was kind of like weaving those into there. What are some of your favorites? Do you remember? I really loved Quit Like a Woman. And oh, I can't think of the name of it now, but the Jessica Simpson one. Open book. Yes. Yes. Loved it. So like good. that book made me like think about so much from my childhood and things. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Yep. That totally happened to me. Like the thing, the like the traumatic things that happened that I just blocked out. It was like, wow, that book was like a key. Totally. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you say that one, because I I read that very early on in my sobriety journey. And for some reason, I always forget because it doesn't clearly fall into the quit lit, but it is. I mean, she Mm -hmm. talks about alcohol and quitting drinking and trauma and working through trauma. Yeah, that is such a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really glad I started with that one because it kind of like opened my mind to like how different things could still fit within that category, which was really nice. Totally. And so you listened to podcasts and quit lit and then you were just kind of like changing your mind, right? About what alcohol yeah. was and slowly the the metamorphosis. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, I changed, 
my like what I was reaching for to drink in the evening too. So just having something to kind of like look forward to that wasn't my usual, you know, entire coffee pot of coffee. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> what did you like? What did you reach for? Um, I started with like the Lemoncello LaCroix. Oh, just so good. They're, they're good and you can do so much with them. Yes, you really too, can. Which is nice. So good. And so then that that helped. I mean, you sound like your journey sounds a lot like mine in the like there it wasn't this like, you know, rock bottom. It wasn't the AA. It was like, yeah, let me figure out what alcohol is, what it does, and then what I can do differently. And I love that you yeah, you, you reached for something else just as delicious. So it's not like a deprivation thing. Yeah, cuz I don't like I want to be included and I want to fit in. <laughs> I just don't want alcohol to do it anymore. Yes. And so your best friend then was already well on her way, you said. Yes. So that's been so supportive. Yes. Yeah. What about your other friend group? Like how, how has that worked? Like other friends? My other friends are, I mean, I only have a handful that don't drink as well, but everyone's like, we're all kind of at this age now where it's just like, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. That's so nice. Because like 10 years ago, it would have been like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> totally. I mean, that is how you know you have good friends, though, too. Like, because some, yeah, sometimes it doesn't even matter how old you are. Like some friends still are like that. If it's if alcohol is like the bonding agent, you know, and it's like, yeah, those will fall off the wayside because they don't really. I mean, you've outgrown them if, if your friends yeah. are only interested in the alcohol part of the relationship. Yeah, I do still have a few friends that I haven't actually like gotten to see and hang out with since I stopped drinking. And so I guess I'll, I still need to like kind of see how that's going to go. If, you know, if that's a friendship that will continue or if it's just one of those ones where the drinking was to make it fun and tolerable. Right, right. And then without it, you're like, wait, you're not that fun. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do have a couple of those that I need to face, but I mean... That's okay. Yeah, all in due time, like no rush. Oh, man, your story reminds me so much of mine in the grief and the trauma. I imagine like mine that now you're face to face with the grief of losing your mom and how it happened. Yeah, that's kind of been this whole month. It's just been like and knowing that it was coming like was almost like this build up at the beginning of the month to like the date and everything. It's just May was hard. And because I don't actually go to like traditional AA meetings or anything, my best friend who's also sober gave me her one of her like one month coins for my one month, which is so special to me because it was like part of her journey. And then for two months, she bought me one that just says it's just like sober sisters or something like that. And so I've just kept it going. And then so for four months, I wanted because I so I just had my four month in May during all the like crazy anniversaries and stuff. So I wanted one that was like, pretty and that I could tell apart from all the others. And so I ordered myself one that's like pretty and purple and sparkly and just to kind of like, celebrate like I made it through that. Yes. I love the idea that like, yeah, even if you don't go to AA, you could still have a token and you could still celebrate with a coin and you can order one and you can make it say whatever you want it to say. And it's yeah. a great reminder and a celebration of 
what you're doing and how far you've come. I love that. And I, I like, I really like having my little like, collection, <laughs> even though I don't go to, like, you know, a traditional AA meeting, which I actually just found out that I do. And I didn't realize it. <laughs> I thought it was just a, a meeting. <laughs> Wait, what happened? So I've been doing your Tuesday meetings, and then I found another meeting through another Instagram influencer, um, Brittany Jade. Okay. I don't know her, but I'm, I need to check her or out. Brittany Z- Zosbo, I think is what she is now. Okay. Okay. Um, but she's sober as well. So she shared a meeting a while back and I joined it and I, I absolutely love it. It's such a fun group of women, but I didn't realize what it was until very recently. And it's that was, AA? My friend joined it. Yeah, my friend joined it with me. And she was like, girl, this is AA. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, then I've been going for a few months then. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I love that. I love that. It's not all like one size fits all. And I always, you know, I always bash AA, but, but more not, not like women only meetings and stuff like that. I think of like old white men. And you know that but yes, like you can just find a meeting. And if it feels good, then stay and talk and you know, like if it doesn't feel good, leave, find another meeting. There is one. And if it feels good, stay. Yeah, I, I, I guess I got lucky. I love that. It's a great group. And I mean, it's so fun. I didn't even realize what it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love to hear that. Oh, my God. And so how are you thinking about your sobriety now? I feel really good about it, especially after making it through this last month. It's like, I feel good about it. I, my goal is a year and I don't have, I mean, I don't have plans of like starting to drink again, but I also don't want to like set any like major goals. Just, I think that would be too hard mentally to like think about. Totally. I, and that's great. Like that's the kind of thing that no one can answer for you. Right. And what feels good to you. And like, for me, I was talking about mine is somewhere in between day by day and forever, because how can I never answer forever for anything? And that's just what feels good for me. And so yeah, finding what feels good for you. I love that your goal is a year. I think that that's I mean, think about that, like a year without alcohol is incredible, right? Yeah, I mean, and the longest I've gone without since I started when I was 18 was when I was pregnant. Yes. So it was like, if I can make it nine months and I can make it a four or 10 months, I guess I can make it a year. Like I can, I can do that. Oh, totally. And it's so much better. I always talk about the difference like between pregnancy and like, you know, like being sober when you're pregnant versus like choosing to be sober. I think that the choosing to be sober and like count on yourself and do is so much better. It's just for me, it was so it's rather than like looking through a lens of deprivation. It's like, no, let me see what I can build in this sober life rather than, yeah, your body isn't yours and you're, you know, it's all of that stuff that pregnancy is. It's a choice. Yeah, it's a choice. It's freedom. And pregnancy is like the opposite of freedom. (laughs) It is. (laughs) I mean, it's wonderful and all of that, but it's, well, my pregnancies were not wonderful, but yeah, like, I think it's way better. It's definitely better. And sleep is so much better, especially with the toddler. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. I know. It's like when you, I I try to sometimes, you know, cause it's all about perspective. And so like when I'm having like a shitty day, 
And like when my kids are driving me crazy or if they woke me up in the middle of the night, I try to imagine my like last hangover and be like, no, 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 this could be so much worse. Like imagine doing this with a horrible hangover. And I'm like, oh, right. This is fine. This is like my skin doesn't hurt and I'm my face doesn't feel like like I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually the other just the other morning I I was up way too late and I got like three hours of sleep and I was just totally useless the next day and I was laying in bed like trying so hard to nap and I was like my god is this really what I felt like all the time before how did I power through it like how did I do that I know because I feel so useless right now and like as a mom we just have to do it right like when we're sick we're not like hey boss I can't come in today because I'm sick we're like, no, 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 you just have to do your shit. You get your shit done. Like, you just have to. And so, like, the way you do it is you just do it. But then it's just miserable. Miserable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was an awful reminder of yeah. those hangovers before. And I was like, I don't like it. I don't like it. No. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm in bed at, like, 830. Also, anytime I get, a, like, a cold or I'm sick, I, like, revolt. I'm like, no, I stopped drinking so that I would feel better. I, like, get pissed at my body. And then I'm like, wait, okay. I can't. I, I won't do that. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so what what is your favorite thing about sobriety and how has it changed? I mean motherhood and all of the you know it's it's made motherhood so much easier yeah like I actually have energy for him in the morning now I he still comes into our bed every night and I don't just like Same. despise when it happens anymore I I invite him in now I just I sleep a lot better I'm more present which is which is so great I love being able to like recognize when the little things are happening with him and appreciate it more totally oh my god because it's all about the little things and the, it just goes so damn fast even though it feels like it, it does. doesn't I know right it just does well do you have any like parting words or any last thoughts that you want to tell somebody if they're just starting out if they're just saying like wait a second I think alcohol is making life harder what would you say it is. Yeah. Bam. It is making it harder. Bam. <laughs> yes. If you're thinking that, you're right. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. Yeah. I mean, it. it is. I thought that for so long. And it wasn't until I actually like stopped and it was like, damn, it, it really is making it harder. Yes. And that's the trick. We're told it's going to help and it's going to make it easier, right? And we're told that like... It, it so doesn't. Yes. And especially, I think, with grief. Like, I, I'll, I'll keep coming back to the grief thing because I know that so well in like losing my dad and how I lost him. And it was, yes, like I can't... It, it would just delay the grief, right? And so like to feel the grief and to like fall on your knees and cry. And I, I hope you're allowing yourself to do that too. I. I still do that because then I feel, you know, like Brene Brown says, you can't selectively numb, right? And so like, yeah, I want to yeah. remember and love my dad. And that's the good, the joyful feeling. Like I will also then feel that pain of the loss. And that's the, that's that bittersweet thing about love. Yeah. Oh my God. I don't want to make you cry. I know we could sit and cry oh, about it. <laughs> we, could, we could just sit and cry about it. Um, Lindsay, thank you so much. I'm just so, I'm so glad that you were so open and your story is going to help 
so many people just like, you know, you listen to the podcast when you were starting, people are going to listen to this and they're really going to see themselves in your story. And I can't thank you enough. Oh, thank you. I hope, I hope it does help someone, even just one person. It will. It will. And I'm proud of you. And I'm so glad that you thank found you. the Facebook group randomly. I'm just Me so too. glad. It's such an amazing space. Like it, it really is. It's such an amazing space. Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Sober Mom Life. If you loved it, please rate and review it wherever you listen. Five stars is amazing. Also, follow me on Instagram at The Sober Mom Life. Okay, I'll see you next week. I'm going to go reheat my coffee. Bye. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.